Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPG, the podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Hey folks, welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPG. This week we're going to be playing games some more. Uh, We're actually going to be continuing with our Genesis actual play, Mind Over Matter. But before we get to all that, I do want to take a moment to talk to you about one of the other podcasts on the D20 Radio Network, which we're a proud member of. It's a podcast called Crimson Gold Agonies, which is an actual plague podcast of an ongoing Legend of the Five Rings game, uh, which is published by Fantasy Flight slash Edge Entertainment, designed to be friendly to everyone, requiring no prior knowledge of Legend of the Five Rings or role-playing games. It follows a group of Emerald Magistrates, recently evaluated and assigned to a troublesome jurisdiction, accompanying them as they make the city their home, pursue nefarious plots, and enforce the law of the land and the will of the scion of heaven. As seasons turn, rebuilding will give way to war, harvest, and intrigue, offering fresh opportunities to shape the river of gold and the empire. Will there be an end to these agonies, or shall these golden shores be forever clad in crimson? So uh, if you want to check them out, it's the website is cgapodcast.com. They're called Crimson Gold Agonies, and there'll be a link in the show notes like always. But anyway, we're going to get on to part two of our, our Mind Over Matter actual play using Genesis run by GM Chris. And in case you missed it, the first episode should be a week or two back in the feed. And immediately before that's a little bonus episode, which is him kind of explaining the system to us because we really hadn't ever played the Genesis engine before that. So uh, like I said, if you like it, go back and check those out, or go back and check those out before you listen to this one, however you want to do it. And the third part, or the conclusion of this whole story arc, should be coming up probably in a couple of weeks. Thanks. Enjoy. Well, hello, I'm GM Chris. I am co-host of the Order 66 podcast, uh, devoted to the Star Wars role-playing game. And I'm also co-host of the Forge podcast, uh, devoted to the Genesis role-playing game. And I'll be your GM today. Hey, it's Steve. So I'm playing Cherry Bomb. I'm the other Steve, and I'm going to be playing M80. My name is Eric. I'm going to be playing Roman Candle. Hi, I'm Jesse, and I'm playing Black Cat. The camera pans in uh, to to this sort of sort of grubby office building. That's your safe house. Um, one of your safe houses here. You have a a a speakerphone on and screaming at you through the speakerphone as you guys sort of hold your head in your hands the body of of your your poor friend jake uh roman uh you got you guys have have put on one of the cots in the safe house and you've got a you've got a blanket over him but you know screaming at you is the director of the agency punk Hmm. and as, as the camera cuts in you hear emergency services fire alarms thousands of people at this point you just see Cherry reach into one of her jacket pockets and pull out a Walkman and just put the headphones on over top. <laughs> what not? I thought it was the damn Russians. He's listened to everything you guys have to say. Are you, are you going to give a full sit rep to Punk? Yeah, Roman will. All right. 
after a uh, after an encounter, you guys would typically uh, roll to recover, just for edification, you guys would roll to recover strain, um, either a cool or a discipline check with no difficulty. And every success uh, you roll would be a strain recovered. However, with, with sufficient downtime, you're going to recover all strain, okay, if you have an evening's rest. So for, for the purposes of our story, it's going to be long enough before you guys would need to suffer strain again that I think you guys can all recover your strain, all right? Um, wounds are a different matter, though, and we'll come to that. You got, like, Roman, I think you're the only one injured. Or, uh, no, M80 and Roman, I think, were the only ones injured. And, you, you know, you guys haven't had the opportunity to deal with that yet. So you, you're still you're still bleeding and you've got some wounds as you're giving your sit rep to Punk. <laughs> okay. Um, because this this is this is a situation. I mean, we had we had psionic usage in full view of the civilian populace. And truth be told, I mean, Roman, you've known Punk for 30 years. Okay. Yeah. Th- this is not atypical behavior. He growls, he gripes, and he groans, but he he trusts you. And and I mean, you you know as well as Punk does that there's nothing you guys could have done to prevent this. Yeah. Uh, but but he's still going to scream at you about it. You feel me? Yeah, it's his job. He's got to make it look good. <laughs> yeah, um, that's his job. So he wants to know more about the assailant that killed the contact. I mean, Cat, what all? What all do you? Because nobody nobody saw this person but you. I mean, Cat, what all do you relate to Punk? Uh, female, blonde, tall, nice coat, um, and her shoes. Like, I, I, I imagine that was one of the last things I saw, right? So I can give that information, which I'm assuming is valuable. Hmm. He kind of nods. Uh, he wants to know more about what you experienced. Because, like, I mean, and Kat, you're, you're no slouch, man. You, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, we, we don't even do make checks with this. You've got two ranks in parapsychology, right? Yes, sir. I mean, so in terms of what was done to you, you are not aware of any psychic that has ever been able to do anything like that. Yeah, no, she she almost just straight up turned off my brain for a second. I, like, uh, I don't know if a person can go through a reboot, but that feels like what happened. I just, like, my eyes unfocused. I, I had the, the pushing on the back of my head, and all of a sudden I was just nauseous uh, and and inner ear destabilized, and, I mean, I, I fell and, and passed out. But blanked for a second like it wasn't you know passed out passed out it was literally just my brain wasn't receiving input you know yeah punk punk kind of listens um he wants to know more about to tell him about you you said you said one 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 of the one of these assailants injected himself with something yeah he pulled out this big old syringe and stuck it in his neck then his hair stood all up and that's when he tried to grab the case out of from uh roman and so you you felt you felt it was it was somehow enhancing his psionic ability. Yeah, well he he done something else before, but yeah, that like you could tell like he just you could just feel it. And there, there's this quiet on the call. And hey, Chris. Yeah. Can I flip a story point to have uh, ducked back in um, with the like CSI people and made off with the remains of that syringe? Ooh, you got yeah. I was gonna bring up you guys didn't didn't grab it. Um, like a, a small duggery check or something just to, to to blend in, grab that, and make my way back out. So I'll give you two options, man. You guys only have a couple story points. If you want to spend a story point, I'll say that you just thought to grab it, okay, before you left. If you instead want to forego the story point, I'll let you make a skullduggery check to go back in and get it. 
Roman pipes up and says, we need to go back and get that syringe and hopefully the security tape so we can find out more about this blonde. Oh, I already have the tapes. That, that's that's why I'm here. But uh, I, I can make that skullduggery check and I just have left with it, I think. I, 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 I wouldn't say you have the tapes, man. You didn't call it. Although it makes sense. Well, it, no, I mean, it's standard. You want to make it all in the skullduggery check? Well, maybe. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm being stupid. I think it makes total sense you would have grabbed them on your way out. That's what you do. Um, the syringe, though, is a different matter. Let's let's do let's 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 do a skullduggery check, man. Let's let's do a skullduggery check. Let's see. It would be opposed by a bunch of minions. Two purple difficulty skullduggery. Ah, bollocks. Oh, there it is. I say okay. One failure with two advantage. Um, I'll tell you what. You don't get the syringe, but do you want to spend your advantage to get the security tapes and wipe any other evidence? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, the place was swarming with people. I couldn't get it. Theoretically, I could, uh, if, if we need to hit the police station, I can figure out where it is, and and then we can get it back. Like, there, 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 there is a path forward, but I, I just, there were too many people there, and it wasn't going to work. Yeah, Punk isn't so sure about that. He thinks he, he 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 thinks you guys need to get the hell out of New York, um, quick. And he says he says, but th- there's something else that the the assailant that you described, uh, the tall woman, um, she's he, you guys were unaware of this. She's recently come up on the agency's radar, and uh, Punk informs you all for the first time that two nights ago, two other field agents were killed in Istanbul uh, to agents that you guys know uh, very well. Um, and he, he, he said, he said, he says, yeah, BR and Sparky um, were, were KIA two nights ago. Um, and that's uh, bottle, bottle rocket and sparkler. You guys knew them quite well. They were good agents. Damn punk. What the hell's going on here? He says, well, they were, I, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's somewhat related but he goes, something's, something's wrong. They, they're, the fact that they knew where we were going to be in two places, uh, it, it's, it's, got, it's got Punk worried. He then pauses and says, what was in the briefcase? I haven't even opened it up yet, so I'll put it on the table and slap it open in front of him. Isn't it just a, a glowing light, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've got, so Punk's on the, on the phone, obviously, on the speakerphone. You slam the briefcase down next to it, open it up, and inside of it is a single manila file folder. And as you open it up, there is a single sheet of paper that appears to be hand-typed on it. There are five lines hand-typed on the sheet of paper, and they are five sets of latitudinal and longitudinal coordinates. I assume we have some kind of map around. Um, well, we, we, can, we can come to that. What are you, you going to tell... What are you going to tell Punk? I tell Punk it's just coordinates. He says, "Okay." He says, I, "He says, I, he says, I don't, I don't want him on over the line, even secured." He says, "Find out what you can. I want you out of New York within 24 hours." Fine. You, you know, get back to DC. Well, Roman, I think, I think we're under attack here. Sure seems that way. We got to put a stop to this. And now, all right. Stay there until the cleaning crew comes. I'll arrange for pickup for the body, and then I want you guys on a plane back to DC. See if they can get the other two, especially the one that injected himself. 
he grumbles and, and curses a bit and, and, and basically says that those bodies have already been snatched up by the local authorities. Um, and at, at this point, Punk wants you guys off the streets of New York. At least those are your orders, or not to mess with anything. With that, he ends the communication uh, and says he has a few things he wants to follow up on. Okay, so now you guys have the five sets of coordinates. Um, if you want to get a, a, a map or, or try and pull them up or analyze them, um, you are at a safe house. Cat, you could even access the World Wide Web, which is kind of an amazing thing that uh, you, you keep prattling on to everyone about, um, and even attempt to look at things there. But this would be, um, I, I would take either knowledge, science, or tactics uh, to take a look at the uh, coordinates, if you want to analyze them now. What's our what's our difficulty with that? Um, dude, just to pull up coordinates, this is pretty this is pretty easy. One purple difficulty. Oh, two success on science. Yeah, man. And the only reason I would even make you roll for this is because I want to see if advantage or threat come up, because <laughs> it does matter. So with this, um, all five sets of coordinates are in Siberia, which checks out uh, from what we were saying. So that is where the Envo stashes are. Is I, I think what we're supposed to assume. Well, that's the thing. So, Roman, when when Jake reached out to you, he told you that he had the location, singular, of supposedly uh, an Envo stash, um, where, where where some Envo was seen. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, there are there are five locations here in the far north of Siberia, and with your success on that check, Cat. I mean, do do you? I mean, you got your agency laptop too. Do you do you want to? I mean, you, you guys have access to some resources. Do you, do you want to hook up potentially uh, to one of the observation satellites that the agency has? I mean, it would take some time, but you could take a closer look at those coordinates specifically if you wish. Well, we have twenty four hours before we're supposed to leave, right? Well, at the least, yeah. The the cleanup crew should also be here to collect the body within the next couple hours. Okay. So, spitballing, one of the coordinates isn't 60-53-9 minutes, 101-53-40, is it? No. Okay, cool. That's good. So what the... What did he got up in the... I mean, it's just freaking cold there. Can you get a look at it? Yeah, I can get that up uh, too sweet, as it were. All right, give me a computer's check. Um, three purple difficulty dice. Boost die from my agency laptop? Absolutely. All right, one success and one advantage. There is nothing, nothing at those specific coordinates. I mean, you pull up, you, you, you over the next hour, let let the satellite do a run through over Siberia. There is, I mean, it's night. Well, it's daytime over there actually, um, and, and you you've got a pretty clear shot. There is nothing. It is snow. What do you want to do with your advantage? I can give you a little bit of extra information if you wish, but 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 with your success, there is no there, there's no buildings at those coordinates, nothing that you can see. With your advantage, though, you get kind of a, I mean, may, may, I, may I is that what you want to do? May, may, I, may I give you more information with your advantage? Yeah. Something kind of looks weird with these five sets of coordinates, and you 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 map them out on you know, and you kind of overlay, and with a quick few strikes you pull up a map of soviet railway systems and you realize that these coordinates line up perfectly with various points 
on a railroad track that runs through Siberia. On a track or stations? On a track. So whatever method Jake was using to, you know, look for this, I mean, maybe it was multiple sightings, but all this is pointing you towards, you may be looking for a train. Roman, from back in the day, man, you've heard tell of, of uh, the Soviets especially running covert ops, uh, I mean, command centers sometimes, even nuclear launch areas on these, on trains as a way to prevent from being tracked. It's not unheard of. So... Then do these coordinates go in in a direction or like from what I'm hearing they're they're all on a on a rail. Are they like in an order, like indicating east to west or vice versa? Um, no, they're really not. So I could theoretically cross reference train schedules, right? And see if there is a particular train that hits all five points. Um, based on the check you just made with the advantage, there's no public train listed. But that would be the Got only it. schedule you could find. And it's unlikely, if anyone is, is housing Envo on a train, that it would be a public train. I'm just saying, but what if they built something underneath the, all the snow? It's hard ground to get through. Let's, we need to check this out, but we need to go back. Just then you get a knock at the door. At our door? Yeah. Uh, you open it up and it's the cleaning crew. Oh, I'm like... Who knows we're here? Uh, I make a motion to Cat to shut it down and direct them to what we need to do. So how are you guys feeling about this? I mean, Punk wants you to come back to DC with your tail between your legs. We're going to Siberia as far as Roman's concerned. I was going to say, I think Emmy's going to probably light up a cigar at some point and just kind of look at Roman. Right, what do you think, boss? We're not going back to Quantico. There ain't nothing to do there. No, we can't help anybody from sitting in a chair. So looks like uh, we all got to get our parkas and our snow boots on. Jerry's already like opened up her big suitcase and sort of pulled out a, a big fur lined collar green army jacket with a big obnoxious sex pistols patch on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Kat, your teammates are talking about going off the reservation here. How is Kat responding to this? Uh, so, like, I have some issues with the words you just said about you can't help anybody from a chair because that is, like, almost entirely 100% what I do. Uh, Get a folding chair. You're coming with us. Oh, God. The closer the chair, the better you are. If you're... You, you know what? Just, just, just a second. Just just a second. Can I... Excuse me. And, and I'm going to take a moment, head over to the bathroom turn the lights off and just kind of like stare into the mirror for a second and and see if I can't figure out how bad this decision is uh, with precognitive. Oh, absolutely. I absolutely love it. And dude, Emmy, Cherry, Roman, you know, I think you would know damn well what Kat's about to do because you've probably seen him do it multiple times. So, okay, man. So from a precog standpoint, um, let's, let's take, so, so are we, T tell me, tell me what you're looking for, man. Are, are you looking for remote viewing, or do you want to get a glimpse of the future here? I want to get a glimpse of the future. I want to see how bad of an idea that I'm about to get roped into. Perhaps, uh, maybe, maybe get some clues about things I should have or prepare, or if, if honestly, I should just say no. Okay. Um, uh, how far in the future do you want to look? Uh, well, we're talking a plane flight. Um. So a day, okay. Because um, it's not 
good to look too far, right? Yeah. So the the minimum possible to get an idea of how. Well, yeah, I think this would be a hard check. Um, so three purple difficulty dice on this. And you know what? I'm going to spend a destiny point. Let's go ahead and make that two purple and a red. Or a story point, excuse me. Good deal. That's not ominous. That's one success with two threat. Well, that's a good roll. That's a fun roll. Okay, one success with two threat and a triumph. Um, Okay, so I'm going to roll all this into the narrative, Kat. I want you to tell me, like, do you have something specific you want to do with your triumph? Or do you want to spend it to get some much more crystal detail yeah no go ahead and give me go ahead and give me what you got okay you you feel pain between your eyes and just with rote you reach over to the bathtub and you grab a bar of white soap all right and you turn around in the dark and on the the tan dark tan painted walls of the bathroom you just start scraping and drawing with the soap all right, like five, six minutes. You're you're just you're you're going at this. I mean, you're you 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 unconsciously reach up, you undo your tie, you you and you're you know just you're in an absolute trance, and you are you know when you're done, this bar of soap is half scraped away as you have made this highly strange mural drawing on the wall out of soap. Okay, you with me so far? Sure. Yeah, digging it. All right, you flip on the lights, and this is what you see. You see, and, and, and you're, you're not sure why you, you had the urge to use soap, but you see in stark white an image of a train. It's got six cars and a locomotive. It has a very distinctive uh, uh, star, which looks like a Soviet military star, uh, Soviet star, um, on the side of the locomotive. And it is, it is rolling down the track, all right? And you feel certain about this, positive about this. Now, with your, and I'm working your threat into this as well from some other details I'm holding back from you, but with your triumph, you drew a startlingly beautiful picture of a rose, a, a white, obviously, rose, all right? And it is being held by what looks like a girl, a little girl, uh, maybe six or seven years old, and staring at you from the wall with these eyes that you've drawn. It's this this subtle smile with this look of, of happiness. And yeah, man, you're, you're, I mean, you don't know what all this means, but, but you do know that this is some place that you're going to be or or need to be and you know that there's a child involved uh, and you you sense a tremendous amount of innocence (sighs) okay I, i take a moment gather myself after all that cinch the tie back up and all right let's go and then turn off the lights and we can like smash cut to the next scene if you want (laughs) awesome okay real quick before we move on Cherry looks at him as he comes out of the bathroom and just goes, what'd you see in there, Rain Man? About to just point and start getting my things together. Okay. I go and use the bathroom before we leave. Look around. Dude! No? Also, before you, before you leave, I think you guys would probably avail yourself of some of the painkillers that are available here at the safe house. 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, which are which are more than enough to heal all of your wounds, and we don't have any critical injuries that anyone suffered, which you do not have the facilities to deal with, but that's okay. So if you guys wanted to, you could clear your wounds out as well, as we as we move to the smash cut. All right. All right. Okay. So in the interest of time, instead of rolling for this, we're just we're just going to go with it. Thirty-six hours later. Oh. As the camera pans up, you guys are inside the rusting and freezing hull of a cargo plane. Oh. Specifically, it's an old C-47. Wow. You are above the... You're, you're, you're hovering around the Arctic Circle. Uh, the pilot, um, an, old, an old buddy of M-80s... Uh, Emmy, Emmy, this is, this is an old CIA contact of yours. Mm-hmm. Um, who, was, who was able to take you guys out of upstate New York... <laughs> Which way did we go? Did we go through Canada, or did we go through like Northern Europe? Oh well, the, the shortest route is is across the pole, so so mostly over international water. But uh, according to him and his drunken screaming ramblings from the cockpit, you guys uh, crossed into Soviet airspace about an hour ago. Fair enough. Um, you're headed towards the train track. The coordinates you've given him. There is no uh, particular place you're headed to, but there are four parachutes uh, stocked in the cargo plane. All right. So I regret my decision. Who wants to jump out of a perfectly good airplane? <laughs> and you guys have a little ways. You, you guys, you guys get a warning. He tells he tells you it's about about twenty more minutes before you're going to get to the to the, the the drop area, basically. Okay. Well, then I guess. I mean, I'm I'm assuming with my special forces background, I've probably done this a few times, um, so I guess I would go around and help cinch everybody in, all the while you know having a cigar, you know, make sure everyone's rigs on right. Probably give Cat and Cherry a crash course in skydiving. Cherry very distinctly just sort of looks at you with this blank expression, and is like. Yeah, I've done this once or twice. Okay. Just remember, the people on the ground probably don't like you. Well, that's why I bring this. And she sort of waves her, uh, she waves her, uh, Mac-10 at him. <laughs> Fair enough. Cat, do you need to double pack up with, uh, with Emmy? Cat? Hey, Cat, you ready to jump out of this plane? Oh, I'm very much not. No, thank you. <laughs> All right, then you come with me then? So... Cat, you need to strap up with uh, with Emmy. You need you need to ride on him like a papoose. Is it, that, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Look at me, look at me, look at me, and tell me honestly: Is anyone going to think less of me for that? Have you ever jumped out of a perfectly good airplane before? No. Are we nearing the drop zone yet? Uh, you you got you got notification a few minutes ago that you guys are about twenty minutes up. Okay. Look, would you rather they think less of you or do you go splat? Yeah, I'll live. Thank you. That's, that's, yes. Good. Correct answer. And for the record, everybody got to learn somehow. Son, we didn't recruit you for your military prowess. We recruited you for other things. Strap up with Emmy. Okay. Uh, so, um, face to face or? Nah, yeah, you stand in front of him. There's an awkward moment where we kind of shuffle around each other and grab him to your chest like a toddler. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I'll get him connect all the harnesses and so forth and 
So you hear a hollering from the cockpit telling you to get up there. Roman makes his way up to the cockpit. Well, it's it's a uh, I mean, it's a cargo plane, so it's fairly well open. But Roman, you 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 kind of get up there, and uh, Emmy's Emmy's contact this drunk pilot. He kind of points in the distance, and you can see at this altitude. First of all, you're in Siberia. It is snowing. Okay, mm-hmm. but you're you're following. You know, way down below. Uh, you know, there is a full moon out, and you can kind of see, you know, that's peeking through the clouds. You can kind of see the line of a train track. But more importantly, in the distance, heading towards you, uh, you know, right where where Cat kind of felt you all should go, you see a train. It has a single massive uh, headlight uh, that is scanning forward, and it is it is racing along the tracks. So you're flying towards it. It is coming towards you. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Two trains are moving at a speed of... <laughs> All right. So, Roman, you said you're in the cockpit? Yep. Okay. Cat, since it's going to be you, I want you to put together a perception check. Your difficulty on this is going to be three purple dice. Any boosts for any reason? Um, somebody no, it, it, uh, actually, no. In fact, you're going to be suffering um, an additional setback in dice. Just one for it being night, or a second one because it's snowing? Uh, you you can't even see what's happening outside the plane. Okay. All right, one success with two threat. That's fantastic. We're going to come right back to that in a moment. <laughs> I don't like we leave my text hanging. Roman, you, you notice that the pilot has started to go limp. His hands have kind of fallen off the stick, and if you push him back, you can see that his eyes have rolled back into his head, and he started drooling. And you guys are steadily now losing altitude. Roman gets in the co-pilot seat and tells them, Get ready. We've lost the pilot. Well, as you're about to start doing that, as you guys approach the train, um, Kat, let's talk about your successful perception check, and let's talk about your two threat. You hear something, Kat. Um, it doesn't sound very good. It sounds like a ticking. Like uh, uh, a clock ticking or like, you know, yeah. um, Captain Kirk is seeing a gremlin on the wing ticking? No, like it, it, sound, it sounds like a clock ticking somewhere back towards the rear of the plane in the cargo hold. Oh, bollocks. Um, we, we should leave? Uh, <laughs> with, your, with your threat? Um, oh, man. I'm I'm currently tied to another human being, right? So like I don't have a choice about where I'm going. Is this a rear exit craft or a side exit craft? Yes. We should leave said with all the the surety of a man who's strapped to another man about to jump out of an airplane. <laughs> Romy, come on, I think we gotta halo this. Um at that moment with the two threat, cat, because of your so, I mean, are you are you going to relate this to your friends? Yeah. Um, tick, ticking, ticking, ticking. Jump out of the plane. J- jump out of the plane. I can't believe I'm asking. Come on, Romy. Based on that warning, I think everyone's going to avoid the damage. But based on your two threat, Cat, you're not going to be able to react fast enough to stop it. Um, a small improvised explosive device goes off. You guys feel the wind. Uh, the three of you that are in the cargo area, you guys feel the wind get knocked out of you, but you manage to stay your feet and avoid damage. 
and the rear of the plane now has about an eight foot diameter hole in it. Fuel lines and other things are sputtering. There is gas fleeing, flying out into the breeze, and there appears to be massive damage to the tail. And this plane is now shaking and going deeper and deeper down. I don't want to stay on the plane anymore. Yeah, I'm kicking the side, the, the, the door open and going out. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. You don't use the door? Yeah, I don't want to get covered in fuel. It's a rear door and a side door, okay? There's plenty of ways to jump off a plane. So here's what we're going to do, guys. We have entered uh, what I call a skill challenge, all right? This is a sort of skillful montage scene that you all are going to contribute to in some way, all right? We're going to go sort of like initiative round to round, but each round I'm going to ask you for a skill check, all right? You can suggest any skill check that you would like to make based on what you want to do to try and get out of the situation. You guys have to successfully exit this plane, all four of you, and you have to land successfully with an oncoming train that's rapidly heading in your direction, all right? You have to achieve a certain number of net successes before you as a team fail a certain number of checks, okay? Mm -hmm. So, we are now in this cinematic skill challenge. And Kat, with your successful perception check, I'm going to say that you are going to go first here. We're going to go, it doesn't really matter who goes first, but we're, we're just going to go based on the order I see here on my screen, which is Kat, Cherry, Emmy, and Roman. Um, okay, considering the situation, what would Kat do to help? Keep in mind, you are still, of course, clipped to uh, <laughs> Emmy like a baby. Well, um... I'm I'm gonna ask if I can use computer check, but in the like uh, hidden figures kind of, uh, I'm gonna do some mental mathematics to provide the appropriate, um, like I'm gonna I'm gonna do the train problem of a plane is falling out of the sky at the X speed and a train is coming <laughs> towards the speed. Uh, we need to do this to make sure that we 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 connect with our target. Okay, so based on what you've described. Um, I, I would not see this as computers. I, I would definitely see this as a knowledge skill, okay? And honestly, uh, it, either science or tactics. Science to do the math, tactics to do the instinct for it, okay? I would let you attempt computers if you wish, but it's going to be at a much harder difficulty, okay? So, because computers is not the skill for that, and that we actually have skills that directly represent what you just described, um, I would say a computers check would probably be about uh four purple difficulty um a knowledge okay. science check or tactics would be two purple difficulty okay can i throw out mechanics as an option mechanics is is very restricted to working on things physically you could got it okay. most likely use mechanics in this skill challenge in many creative ways absolutely but not based on the narrative you described but if you wanted to prepare the plane open the door stuff like that you know what i'm saying those all sound like things that people who aren't tied to a human being can do. Yes. I like your first suggestion, man. I, I think it's a good one. It's very creative. Yeah, no, I'm just going to start. I'm going to start full-on um, sh shouting numbers. All right. <laughs> all right. So two success with an advantage. So you guys have two success towards your total at this point, uh, which is wonderful. And you got an advantage. Just like in combat, man, what do you want to do with your advantage? You can... I'll pass that boost die. You want to pass the boost die to Cherry? All right, Cherry. So at this point, the plane is going down. 
cat who's strapped to Emmy like a baby is, is is screaming vectors and landing points to you, what are you going to do in this situation? I am going to... And don't don't necessarily look at your... Don't worry about, hey, I've got a great school pool for this. Just think, what would your character do? We'll make it work. At this point, I'm trying to think what Cherry would really do. At this point, Cherry would sort of just be, like, getting everybody's gear prepped to go out of the plane if it's not already mostly prepped. Like, just, just basically pushing stuff out of the plane to be like, hey, uh, grab some stuff on the way down. <laughs> Could I make a suggestion? Yeah. Well, would it be a lot easier for you guys if you didn't have to shout at each other to do all this? Oh, yeah. Okay, so... She's going to go ahead and establish a telepathic link with um, probably at least, if she can try, two of them. I'll let you, I'll let you, uh, well, it's, it's all narrative, okay? Um, so, based on telepathy, um, give, me, give me this at three purple. See how it goes. Okay. And the advantage. And you get a boost die. I thought you were going to ask for a cool check, Chris, and just be like, yeah, no, you're cool as a cucumber jumping out of a plane that's on fire. Cool is a fantastic suggestion. Discipline, another great one. I mean, yeah, all, all skills you could use. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think of, you know, you said what would Cherry do? I don't know. It seems it's it's pretty fitting for her. She's a proud telepath. Three successes and an advantage. That's phenomenal. Another three successes to your total. So, all right. So narratively, you know, cats screaming at you guys, shouting vectors and stuff. None of it makes sense. With a mental link, suddenly, all of his math, all of his intention is kind of flooding into your mind. Cat's done the math. You guys know precisely when you should open your chutes, precisely where you should direct to. I mean, wind variance, all of that. <laughs> all right, what do you want to do with your advantage, Cat? Or, or Cherry, what do you want to do with your advantage? Um, you could pass a boost to Emmy. Yeah, I'll go ahead and pass the advantage. All right. All right, Keep Emmy. The line. Emmy, you've got, you've got Cat strapped to you like a baby. You're mentally linked with the team at this point. What do you want to do? I'm thinking, okay, like you said, there's fuel and stuff spraying all over around this hole. Oh, well, well yeah, but it's all, I mean, the, the plane's still moving at a pretty brisk, brisk pace, so it's all ejecting out of the atmosphere, but yeah. Right, but if we go out the hole, we're going to get coated in said fuel. Well, yeah, I, well, keep on this, so there's also a side door as well. Right, so what I'm thinking is, I mean, Emmy's a pretty strong dude, right? So I think he kind of backs up, hits the lever, and just like mule kicks the door open, and Love it. like, you know, Pulls a cat out with him and this way, boys. <laughs> he swings cat around like a baby. Mule kicks the door open and the two of you leap out. I love it. Athletics all the way. Two purple difficulty. Okay, so I get a boost. Yep. And two purple. And two two success. more successes towards the total. God, and no fail checks. You guys doing great. All right, so cat is mentally, cat is. I'm, I'm assuming cat screaming. And I still have the cigar stuck in my mouth. Oh, I totally. Yeah, 100%. It's just a, a, a low-key terror scream at this point. <sighs> I'm not making any noise. Like, I don't I, I think the wind at this point is knocked out of me. I can't pull in a breath, but it's it's all mental. <laughs> so, so, Cherry, Roman, you guys are seeing... You see M, Emmy drag Cat out of the plane, and they leap. All right, Roman, what are you going to do? Uh, Roman wants to take one more moment to kind of see if I can point the plane at the tracks and kind of like try to get it in front of the train at some point. Absolutely. Give me a piloting a check. 
Um, your difficulty on that is going to be uh, two purple dice. Throw a story point at it. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I think I'm going to um, throw a story point where I'm going to actually take the pilot uh, that's there and kind of try to jam his limbs in the plane in such a way that it stays on and consistent and pointed in the direction that I pointed. Okay. All right, well, that'll turn one of your greens into a yellow. All right, and you said two purple? Two purple. One success, one advantage. All right, yeah, man. I mean, it doesn't make much of a difference for, for Emmy and, and Kat, but at least for you and Cherry, yeah, man, you, you're, you're on a better path. The plane is, is, is pointed in a better direction. You also got one advantage. Uh, what do you want to do with that? With the advantage, I think I would like it to be that um, the calculations that uh, Kat was making were spot on um, and that we will be able to... Um, point ourselves in the direction of the train like kind of on some of the farther cars not directly in front of the um, the engine itself okay for one advantage mechanically we'll translate that as a single boost die to cat who's about to go again yes all right you guys are at eight net successes so far uh, this is a blind challenge so you do not know what your uh what your goal is <laughs> but you guys are doing great you've had no failed checks so far which is pretty amazing um cat we come back to you and we've, we've got a boost die come on your way and even through the screens you can look up and see that roman has has modified the plane's trajectory slightly just before he and cherry have had the chance to jump out giving them some much better odds and the mental link is still there what do you want to do at this point I'm, I'm going to pull my legs up in sort of a fetal position and just hug them to my chest um, and, and, and take a moment and be like, okay, 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 a lot's happening, a lot's happening. Um, and, and just kind of like let my eyes roll back and, and bring in the, the chaos of it all and see if I can't grab some sort of uh, prescient reading of, of what's going to happen. And, and, and try to, to share that with everyone else so they can make better decisions. I'm going to try reading with a, a friendly focus. Uh, well, okay, so we're, we're narrative here. If you, if you want to... Oh, okay. Don't, yeah, don't, don't worry about that, but I, I really like where you're going. We're going to make this a three purple difficulty. Sure, sure. And you know what? Let's have some fun with it. I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to upgrade. Let's make that a two purple and red. I'm going to spend the story point. Dang! Well, uh... Because they're killing it. Two successes, one advantage. Oh my lord! Nice. Nice. Um, what do you want to do with your advantage, man? I'll pass the boost die. Keep that. Hopefully, keep the success train going. You keep it going. All right. So you extend your senses out with prescience. It cuts through. I mean, it's extrasensory perception. You're cutting through the the the, the wind. You're cutting through the snow. Um, and, and you guys can see. All of you, through this telepathic link that Cherry has set up, you guys can see the, the seven cars of this train, the locomotive and the six cars of this train, and you can see the rear car um, uh, is, is your focus. It appears to be, um, uh, I mean, you don't know what's inside these things, but, but this car, if, if it's a cargo car, that's probably what it is, mostly because you can see there is a flat roof that actually has what looks like, um, and, and you would not be able to see this even remotely if it wasn't for your psychic capability, uh, Cat. but you can see that there's like a loading door on the roof, you know, 
um, designed to be opened for crane loading in and out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so not only do you guys have a, have a flat car at the very end, but potentially an access point from on top of the train. So we're trying to hit a moving object, and I've made it easier by instead of like a sloped train roof or anything like that, we have the like whole train to kind of guide ourselves in and, and hit this, this final flat car. Got it. Oh, jeez. I, I don't like any of this. But I am starting to feel like we're not going to die. Cherry, you're still on the plane. You have a boost die coming your way. What do you want to do? At this point, I want to use my cool to try and calm down Cat and maybe simultaneously just go ahead and jump out of the plane. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is, uh, That's some definite cool. Um, I'm all about it. Two purple dice. Okay. All right. So my cool stat plus the advantage and two purple. Roll that. Two success. God, you guys can't. So she just sort of telepathically relays to Cat. It's like, hey, man, take a breath. We've all jumped out of a plane at some point and, like, falls backwards out of the door. Love it. Okay. Um, Emmy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to figure out what the hell to do here. So we're we're coming in hot on the back of the train. You're you're at the point now that you would probably I mean you don't need to make a check for this or anything, it's all it's all narrative, right? But you probably wanted to pull your chute and start guiding yourself. Yeah. Um It's also really, really cold. You're you find your fingers getting incredibly numb just trying to hold parachute strings. Okay. Um imagine a lot of that has to do with wind. Can I do something with like defend to where I create like a bubble around us so that it knocks the wind down and isn't you know making my fingers numb and so forth. Well, I think kinetics is a great skill. I mean, not only could you use it to potentially shield you and Cat, you know, from from the worst of the weather, but uh, during the descent, but you could also nudge yourselves using telekinetics to a degree. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I think that's a great. I think that's a great idea. Three okay. purple dice. Okay, and do I have any boost? You do not. Do not. Okay, three purple. Okay. Ooh. What a triumph. All right, that is a failed check with one advantage, uh, which I assume you're going to want to pass a boost for, correct? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And a triumph. Now, you can suggest something cool with the triumph, or I can, I, can, I can also make a suggestion for you, if, if you like it. I'd like to at least hear your suggestion. In a skill challenge, I treat a triumph as that you can spend it to get two successes towards your total. Because you've just done something really cool that like really works towards the total. You guys have a total of 12 successes at this point and one failed check. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that, that sounds like a good way to spend it. Um, not sure how to explain it narratively, though. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe your attempt to to garner some type of telekinetic bubble fails, uh, but you you find yourself edging closer and closer to the train. Maybe like a radical drop that gets you right where you need to be. Yeah, that works. That sounds good. Yeah, like a like instead of the bubble, somehow I I, I shunted us into a better position, but my fingers hurt. Got it. Oh, and radical drop, my stomach. And, and and I'm sure that's coming over the telepathy. I imagine I didn't. Oh, and you all are feeling it, too. Ooh, that's even worse. All right, Roman, you're the last one on the plane. 
Yeah, so uh, Roman's going to start to make his way towards the back door, and in the meantime, over the telekinetic link, he says, All right, the hard part's over. Let's focus on the mission ahead. we got to figure out what the hell's on that train. Get it. Take care of it. Take it out. Do what we need to do. And he's going to try to use leadership to kind of oh. direct the action. Hell yeah. Two purple dice, my friend. Perfect use of leadership. All right. Three successes. Three successes. You guys destroyed that skill challenge. There was not even a single threat that was rolled. I am beyond impressed. Look at that dice rolling. You guys have passed the skill challenge, by the way. Awesome. So, narratively speaking, yeah, dude. Roman, you, you jump out after your team. Everyone follows, you know, the, 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 the trajectory set by Cat. Um, in the distance, you see the cargo plane with its poor pilot just sort of fly out way past the train uh, and eventually impact the tundra with a very loud explosion. You pause briefly to wonder what on earth happened to him and how on earth a bomb managed to get onto a plane that no one knew you were taking. But you don't have too much time to ponder that as you come close to the... You guys, said, you guys said you wanted to target that final car, the last car on the train, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And you all come to a... a I mean, you, you literally land on top of a fully running, moving train. You, you cut your chutes at just the right moment, uh, which is very hard for Emmy and Kat, who land in a bit of a heap. Um, but I imagine Roman and Cherry do a nice tuck roll um, and come up smiling. Oh, Cherry fully commits to the superhero landing. <laughs> she cuts it just a little bit too early and just comes in with that three-point landing like nobody's business. I love it. I unclip cat go, I see that wasn't so bad, was it? <sighs> okay. All right, come on. Get yeah. your folding chair. Let's go. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Yep. You, you, um, you guys you guys can barely hang up on up here. You're on top of a moving train that's probably going at about 60 to 80 kilometers an hour down the track. The wind is biting. Even with the heavy winter clothes you guys are wearing, I mean, like like a few more minutes of this, you're, you, like, you feel like your faces are going to freeze off. You've got to get inside this train. All right. Well, you said there's a big cargo hatch right up in front of us, right? It is, but it does appear to be locked. I... I, I, I sort of shakily move over to it, kneel down, look at it in a moment, and just go shoot it. Just, just, just shoot it. It's going to take me so much longer to unlock it. Please just shoot it. <laughs> so, and if sort of narratively, maybe that'll work. Maybe it won't. Um, if, if somebody wanted to shoot this, they pull out their gun and shoot it. They still make a skullduggery check, but they will suffer a setback die for not having the right tools for the right job. Actually, two setback dice. R- Roman butts in and says... Cherry, can you open this thing? I, I mean, I mean, I could try. What's the construction of the top of the car? Is it wood? The, the whole train appears to be steel. Okay. This is this is and, and, and you guys land. You're getting close to look like this is a this is a military train. You're not going to shoot. Fine, fine, fine. I'll do it. <laughs> Just well, roll wait, out wait, my wait, wait, wait. Start the lock. M, isn't this more like your type of thing? Can't you like mind pry bar that open? I could try. To hell. I'm just gonna try and pop the like the the actual like is it like a like a padlock type lock or um It seems to be built into the steel. I mean it, it it's it's a key lock and there's like so basically it's it's um 
it's probably maybe a large enough to accommodate cargo. So uh, it's probably about six feet by almost uh, the, the, the width of the car. And it's kind of a, like a rolling steel shutter. You feel me? Okay. And then, and then, it, and then at one end, there's a, there's a lock built in to keep it locked. So it's like a horizontal garage door. Yes. Okay. What's the, what's the difficulty on this? Just cracking it with tools. It would be for cat for cat. It would be two purple dice because um, it's 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 not exactly a, a incredibly complex lock. It's just a lock, um, but you would have one black setback die just due to the um, uh, the biting cold on your fingers. Damn. Whoa. Okay, one success with five advantage. Um, yeah, cat, you you open the lock lickety split. What do you want to do with five advantage? Uh. At this point, I'm, I think I'm more concerned about just getting inside the train as fast as possible. Sure, sure. Um, but uh, let's let's say five advantage, um, some sort of prescient flash of, of, like, what's the best way forward here, right? Um, well, the only real way forward is through the doors that connect the cars. Okay, well, then maybe a glimpse of what's on the other side. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, are you guys, are you guys all going to hop in? Yeah. Yep. So you hop in, and Cat, you you get a you get a bit of a of a, of a prescient flash, um, in the so as you guys land in, th- this is clearly a cargo car. There's no one in here. Um, there's very little cargo for that matter. There are a few crates here and there. Um, they're covered in uh, in 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 Cyrillic, and they're uh, you know you're not quite sure what's in them. But in the next car up, with your five five advantage, um, that's a lot, man. Um, yeah, you get a very clear flash. You know that in the next car are at least four people. You can very briefly hear them speaking in Russian. You very briefly glimpse them. Uh, they are wearing uh, Soviet army uniforms, uh, cold weather heavy, and all four of them have Kalashnikovs. Uh, I'll, I'll share that. Four, four um, bogies ahead, AKs. Oh, good. Uh, and and uh, Cat will take the time to, to spin up a, a shared defense psychic power if, if, if we have time. Ooh. Um, well, you, you've landed... Guys, with, with, with the incredible successes you had on the skill challenge, you've landed unnoticed. So I, I think that's absolutely valid. Um, however, I do want you to roll for it. Um, even though we're not in an encounter, I do want you to roll for it, and it will cost you some strain since we're kind of in that zone, okay? So you want to roll up a prescient defense... Um, and you said you wanted to do a shared warning, I'm assuming? Yeah, yeah, the shared warning, and I'm going to see if I can't hit all of us. Well, so the, the cars, are they're just railroad cars, so you guys are all within, at this point, within short range of each other. Um, so if, if you, right now, as it is, it'll be two purple difficulty, and you will target yourself and one other person. Designate to me who that is, and then if you get extra advantage, you can then hit everyone else. Uh, let's let's do uh, Emmy since I'm more or less attached to him at this yeah. point. No, we cut you loose on top of the, on the roof. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so two purple. Um, it'll cost you two strain. Go ahead and give me the uh, the, the prescience roll. Oh wow. Ooh. Five success with two threat. Um, oh, that's fun. Um, oh, that's that's three points more of soak, right? Um. Yes, actually. Uh, that's, well, well, two more points of soak. 
Um, so th that's actually a very positive role. That means that basically as long as you maintain this, uh, you and Emmy both are going to basically increase your soak by three, which is huge. Uh, yeah, I... Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. Um, you're only able to target Emmy, but with your two threat... <laughs> um... Oh, boy. Um, and this was on a psionic check, too, so it's doubly bad. Because I would never, I would never do, I would never, ever do this for two threat on, like, a combat check. But, 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 but you know, magic, psionics, it's doubly bad. I, I, would, I would treat that like three or four threat. Um, yeah, you, you manage to finish, and at that moment, the door between the cars opens... And there are a pair of soldiers at short range from you, looking at you with absolute confusion. All right, folks, so there you have Chapter 1, Part 2 of Mind Over Matter, our little Genesis actual play here on Me and Steve Talk RPGs. We'd like to thank GM Chris for coming to run this game and, and share with us some of this material he's testing for a future product on Genesis Foundry and Drive Through RPG. Aside from that, you know, if you'd like to contact us here at the show, you can do so at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Me and Steve RPG Podcast or on Twitter at andrpgs. And we also have a Discord server where we'd love to have you come join us, come chat with us, talk RPGs, all kinds, ask us questions, you know, whatever you want to do. You know, it's it's a it's a fun place to come talk, and uh, the more the merrier. So, like I said, we'd we'd love to have you come contact us on any one of those formats, and you can find the links to all of those in the show notes for this episode or all the other episodes for that matter. And uh, with that, time to be kind to each other and go play some RPGs. Thanks for listening. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash meandsteverpg. Thank you and be kind to each other. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.